Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? I'm so excited. I'm pumped. It's spray time. Okay, so today is a good day. It is a good day. I'm feeling the vibes. Mm -hmm. I love the spray. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a bottle of the spray, I want to invite you to head on over to the nowwhatsociety.com slash spray. Uh, you can get a free bottle. Yeah. Free bottle. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, hello. Uh, I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lynn Kennedy. We're hanging out with you. Today we have a guest on our show. We do. Heather Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are you pumped about this? I'm super pumped about this. I know. It's going to be <laughs> juicy. And I mean that in the literal way. Juicy. Uh, anything else I want to say about that? Anything else you want to say about that? Well, we're talking about sexology. Yes. I mean, pfft. so yes. how, how, I mean, I think we need to let her do the talking because yeah. that's what this whole week is about. Yeah. Heather. So stoked. Yeah. Let's go Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, Heather, Obvious. Heather, 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 where are you in the world? Um, I am in Los Angeles. That's right. One of my favorite places. I was listening to, uh, Rob Bell this morning talking about like the first time he landed in Los Angeles and he knew it was home. Like there are mm-hmm. these places on the world, on the globe where there, it's just like, oh, like you can, breathe. <laughs> like, you can breathe. like LA is one of those places where I can breathe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's such a weird feeling. Cause I know it, the air down there is horrible and there's so much traffic and congestion. <laughs> There's something magical about Los Angeles. We, we definitely do have, um, a spark and, uh, you know, the weather is by far and large, our best selling point. Yes. Um, and when you're here, you don't notice the air. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> true, true point. Oh my God. Heather sexology. Yes, ma'am. Files. <laughs> what is this? What is this? All right. Well, um, so uh, early on in my career, I worked in nonprofits and uh, I, you know, I loved helping people and I loved what I did. Um, But just from um, a business standpoint that uh, just kind of ended up not being my path. And when I decided to uh, go back to grad school and shoot for a master's in clinical psychology, um, you know, I talked about like modality and like what kinds of demographics I wanted to serve with my friends and sexuality um, just rose to the top. It was like one day I just had this idea of, oh, this, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> and at the 
you know, same time I decided, I decided to uh, start the sexology files and I really wanted uh, a sex ed platform that could fill in the gaps um, for everything that, you know, I didn't know before I started on this journey. And so that's how we came to be. It's a, there's a lot of gaps when it comes to sex, <laughs> mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot of gaps to Mar. And I'm sure there's a different gap between the pe- what people learn in the States and what they learn up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gaps. Yeah. Let's, let's start our conversation off right there with how we're, you know, educated Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not much. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a little, it's a bit lacking gals. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, Lane, to your point, we have uh, a series that we call sex is a regional sport and we, um, cover <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> yes. So we, uh, we try and educate, um, you know, what sex looks like in different parts of the world. What do they teach? What's their mentality? Um, and so, for example, in the Netherlands, uh, sex ed starts in kindergarten with just being able to properly name your body parts. Well, That's did it. you know, uh, Tamar, uh, her, her grandma, I think told her the word blow job, like when you were what, five? No, actually, when I got married. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it is. It's in in the Netherlands. It's very. Oh, yeah. People talk about sex. They joke around about it, and that was, you know, I mean, I was born there. But going back and forth, I was like, this is a different world. Like, they talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the red light district when I was very young. I'm like, yeah, wow. this is what you talked about this before. You, yes. you were like introduced to this way younger than I ever was. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. And um, so, you know, everybody thinks that the way their culture looks at sexuality is how everyone looks at sexuality. And, um, you know, that's just simply not true. Uh, but in America, we, we receive little to no sex education there. And that depends on uh, your state. It depends on your county within your state. Um, you know, it's a heavily politicized uh, topic. And so what what we're all left with are, you know, gaping holes. And um, that can be from just what pleasure is, what pleasure means. It can be about birth control. It can be about mechanics. and, you know, there's really no sex ed, public sex ed program that I'm aware of that also, you know, teaches us about um, the emotions surrounding sex. Are you, you know, are you, as a young person, are you emotionally ready for this journey? Because in, in practice, this is what it looks like. Um, and so, you know, people, do, do oh, sorry, think, go ahead. Do you think that... Okay. Because we're not emotionally ready to have sex when we first have sex. And a lot of people are drinking gulp, 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 gulp. And then they get pregnant. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I always look at couples. Well, sometimes I will see a couple and I think, what, what happened there? Right. Like, I just am like, how is that possible? You know, they have kids that are like almost the same age as them. And 
I don't know, things go sideways when we're drinking. We know that. And we also know that emotionally, there are so many women who are not ready for it when they're, you know, 12, 15, 17. Like I certainly wasn't ready for sex the first time I had sex. No. And I want to mention something though. That is actually part of the sex ed curriculum up here in Canada. I just had the discussion tomorrow oh. because I knew that we were talking to you. The emotional part of it is something that they've incorporated up here, which is yeah. good. Healthy. Yeah, the Canadians, you guys are just superior. We're so nice and we love to have sex. I mean, yeah. uh, God bless Canada. Keep yep. it open. <laughs> yep. Keep it open. Keep it real. I'm liking it. So there's a, uh, I guess for moms who, you know, are navigating this with children, uh, it's about having an open conversation, right? It's about finding it within themselves, right? They have to be comfortable because some women are just not even comfortable talking about sex. They're not. And, um, you know, the first time that I, (laughs) the first time that I tried to talk to my son about sex, I couldn't get him to pay attention. I felt like such a failure. He kept wanting to like wander off and play Minecraft. (laughs) And I just thought, but like, I'm open, I'm cool. I'm trying to discuss this with you. He's like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. (laughs) I thought, well, great. Um, But- And the conversation for boys and girls, totally different. Mm-hmm. right? Oh man. Yeah. So layered. So layered. It's so layered. Um, but you know, in terms of starting a conversation with your children, especially if this is not, you know, something that you're used to talking about, which most of us are not used to talking about, you know, this with children, there's a wonderful book series called it's not the stork. <laughs> and it goes, uh, it goes through age levels. So you can start, you know, educating your children uh, when they are in single digits. And then the series goes through puberty. And so, you know, it's hard sometimes to just jump in and have a direct conversation. But if you're reading this book together, and then they can answer any questions, what I found is that gives people a great outline to follow. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know this book, but I am going to check this book out. Me neither. Uh, I have not really had that conversation with my kiddo. We, mm-hmm. we talk about the body though. We talk about what's going on uh, when the pandemic hit. Uh, it was his first time really using the computer and he jumped right into little Homer Simpson being naked and you know, with Marge, that was really entertaining to see where his brain was at um, <laughs> and to see like, you know, what was on the internet. Uh, it's kind of overwhelming, uh, but I'm going to check out this series. That's really great. And we'll leave these, uh, we'll have show notes and you can find links to this stuff. So you don't have to write these notes down right now and just come back when you have an opportunity to check out what Heather's sharing about. So we don't talk enough about sex, basically. We don't talk enough about sex and, um, you know, due to these, you know, gaps in our education, we have to overcome our own personal as well as societal shame in order to get this information. Um, You know, typically we turn to 
porn or reading materials. Um, and we, you know, as a generalization, we really don't talk about sex with our friends, especially if we think we're going to be judged based on our proclivities. And so mm -hmm. uh, what we find is that as an adult, sex ed is actually a pretty lonely journey. You're mm. really, um, you're really kind of isolated mm -hmm. and, uh, and left to your own devices. And so what I love about, you know, the current movement of sexology is that there are people who are trying to change that. And the response has been, you know, for the most part, overwhelmingly positive because mm -hmm people just want to know just because yeah. they learn something doesn't mean it's for them, but they'd still like to know what that something is. People are curious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, you know, much that, especially we as women uh, don't know about our own bodies. Um, yeah. You know, one of the, things that comes up a lot um, is vaginal dryness, uh, especially as we age and get older. And because um, <laughs> getting older is awesome. It's just, yeah, when, th is it this, when is it not? <laughs> I remember the first time my doctor asked me this and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I just didn't, it didn't even phase me. She's mm -hmm. like, well, that's pretty typical, you know, your age. And I was like, at my age, what? Like the way that she <laughs> talked about it made me super uncomfortable. And I was like, uh, no, I don't have that problem. Like, I don't remember <laughs> if I had the problem or if it was a problem, but I was like, no, I'm not talking about this. Like, I just was like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in having this conversation with you. It was very, and I'm pretty like open about everything. And I've done a lot of shit. But the way that she made, like, just ooh, wasn't good. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it is, a, I mean, I remember, you know, last year I was sitting with a group of friends and I, you know, the women that I surround myself were either coming up to menopause, like it's going to happen, it's right around the corner, or women who have already gone through it or mm -hmm. are, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle. And a couple of my friends have already fully gone through it. And one of them mm -hmm. said, yeah, I just it's too dry. Like it ain't happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the mm -hmm. other was like, no, it's fine. It's good. And, but we have these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the, I would say the most difficult part about conversations around, uh, vaginal dryness is, um, you know, inaccurate, uh, inaccurate information and inaccurate stereotypes. So the common thing, the, you know, the most common thing that people believe is that uh, vaginal, you know, lubrication is directly linked to sexual interest and sexual arousal. And it is not, it is an involuntary bodily response. Um, and we know that uh, because it can cut because vaginal lubrication can come from, you know, any sort of like bodily stimulation, even if we don't want it to, um, you know, even if we're, we're really not wanting to have that experience and reduced estrogen levels, uh, are directly linked to mm -hmm. vaginal dryness, but you know, it's not just that, um, it is stress. It mm -hmm. is birth control. Mm -hmm. It is antihistamines that can do it as well as 
simple dehydration. If you are dehydration is the worst. If you are just dehydrated, mm-hmm. that that alone will do it. And so I feel like as women, there's so much pressure put on us. Like, you know, there there is like this sort of pressure for our bodies to perform mm-hmm. in this particular way. And it becomes, you know, it can become a little bit of like a shame spiral when that doesn't happen. And so what we really try and do is we really try to explain like, no, 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 no. The the thing, the reason why you think it is or is not happening is not the reason it is or it is not happening. When, so when I went through this motion with my doctor, and I wasn't interested in having the conversation. Um, I have a really good friend and she has a, a lube company. And I just happened to tell her, she's like, oh my God, Lane. And I didn't have the problem, right? I'm not, I'm not admitting that I have the problem. She immediately was like, I'm sending you a box of lube. <laughs> and I was like, but, but I, it just became this thing about I needed lube all of a sudden when I really didn't need the lube. Uh-huh. But lube became the topic. Everybody was concerned about me being lubricated. <laughs> and I thought, what is go- like, if this is me, how many other women are just, you know, their doctors are saying, okay, you have a lubrication problem. You got to figure this out. Try this estrogen, put this up your hoo-ha, right? Cause that's the easy fix for it. Yeah. Not thinking about maybe, maybe, maybe I just don't want to have sex with my partner. Maybe I'm too stressed out because I have a, two-year-old may like, you know, what, like there's so many variables, right. But lube can be really good. Let's just, (laughs) let's just, let's just, let's just have a hard pause right there. Lube makes everything so much more better. It's just so good. So good. You have some, do you have some lubes for us? Oh, I sure do. Um, so <laughs> boy, do I. So, okay, good. <laughs> so pretty much, um, you know, most sex educators will recommend using lube every time. And this is for a couple of reasons. Uh, lube can prolong the sexual experience, whatever experience you're having. And by using lube, you can somewhat sidestep um, those inaccurate assumptions we just talked about in terms of vaginal dryness. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of those uh, awkward conversations that you may have to, you know, have with your partner. You know what I can't stand? I can't stand when the male partner's like, I don't, I don't need lube. I don't need it. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what, dude, maybe you do. Maybe, maybe it's better. Maybe, you know, like just go for it. Mm -hmm. I've had many partners over the, my life. So (laughs) I'm just thinking of like different moments that I've had where it's just like, come on, dude. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I bet they don't need lube. I could see how everything about that would work for them, but it's about them. Right. It's about them. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're, you know, engaging in a sexual experience and you're, you know, wearing, you're a man wearing a condom. Yeah. I, I could see how that wouldn't really bother you. Totally. So I totally irritating. get that. <laughs> so irritating. 
It's not all about them. It's not all about them. Empower yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Empower yourself. Um, and, you know, the uh, traditional like complaints, I would say about the, um, oh, this is a fun one. One of the top complaints about the uh, lube of yesteryear, if you will, is that if you um, tasted it, it would numb your tongue. So let's say if you switch from, you know, vaginal intercourse to oral sex, uh, you would temporarily lose your sense of taste. (laughs) (laughs) No comment there. Never experienced that. (laughs) I'm like having flashbacks here as you're talking. And boy, isn't that romantic. That's the worst. So we have come a long way. Um, And also, you know, to speak to that, one of the things that we need to remember is that everything we put on our skin gets absorbed into our body. We know this now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are uh, two products that we really love. One is uh, Dame's Massage Oil. It is naturally derived and you can use it anywhere on the body, including internally. And the other Natural, one were, naturally derived what naturally derived oh uh, it's just naturally deri- derived plant-based products okay got it thank you and then uh woo makes a product called coconut love oil uh and that is derived from you might guess coconut it <laughs> is <laughs> it is natural organic uh and it tastes like cupcakes so cupcakes <laughs> oh yes. my god mm-hmm. yes it's got some vanilla extract in there it's they've, they've done a really great job. Um, and so, you know, for women, what we always say, when you're searching for your own, uh, personal lubrication, you want to try and find a water-based product that is, uh, you know, as natural and, or organic, you know, is your tolerance level. So if you're cool with the ingredients, that's what that means. Um, and something has a pleasant taste because whenever you sort of you know, pause to interrupt a sexual experience, uh, which we have to do all the time. That's just, you know, the practicalities of life. Um, You know, there's that little bit of, um, there can be, excuse me, that little bit of like losing the moment. And so anything that is like a multi-purpose product that you can use internally, use this massage oil, um, you know, it has a pleasant taste. We really love those because it makes for smooth transitions between sexual acts. I had this lover uh, who had a huge bottle of organic, like she had the the large bottle of coconut, <laughs> coconut oil, like coconut, mm-hmm. like refined, re, like re, like the white coconut oil, right? Yeah. And it was just like dip in there and go, girl. Like <laughs> let's go. And the first time. You know, I was there. I was like, what is this? Like, it was like mind blowing experience. And I, and I didn't understand, but it brings me, it just brings me fond memories, <laughs> that, that, but it, the transitions were easy. That's my point. Right. Like <laughs> it was like mm-hmm. smooth sailing, literally in all senses. <laughs> Um, and, and it wasn't, and you didn't break the bank for that one. No. And that is a fantastic option. A lot of people use coconut oil. You, you were with someone who was very smart. 
and thoughtful. Yeah. Very, (laughs) very thoughtful. I mean, she's queen, like, yeah. Organic. Um, (laughs) so we have, you know, we're lube it up. I think that's what you're saying. Lube it up is one of the best things you can do for your sex life. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tamar. Amen. Lube it up. <laughs> Lube it up. <laughs> when you say giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> so yeah. Heather, one thing that uh, I was reading over on the sexology files was this idea of a female condom. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, what, what, what? Like, mm-hmm. I want to deep dive on this because I, I didn't know about this. I, this is something totally new. Like you stumped me. Not many people stumped me. <laughs> uh, well, believe it or not, I was stumped. Uh, when I first heard about them, um, I was, uh, with, a previous boyfriend and, uh, he had asked me like, Hey, have you, you know, ever used like internal condoms? Do you think like, maybe that's something you'd want to try? And I said, I would love to, but I have no idea what you're talking about. And it took a man, (laughs) it took a man to tell me, uh, about female condoms and the, um, the experience was, uh, I kid you not, transformative because there are two general complaints for condom use. Uh, lack of sensation, typically, um, you know, for cisgender men and chafing for women. And internal condoms solve both of those problems because the condom is inserted into the vaginal canal and the penetrating partner is the one who uses lubrication. And the penetrated partner gets the sensation back. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, the penetrating partner gets their sensation back and the penetrated partner is relieved from any pain that accompanies mm-hmm. chafing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just from um, you know, a pleasure standpoint, they're wonderful from uh, an STI standpoint, they are equally as wonderful because they uh, protect more of the, you know, labia minora, labia majora. It is- um, I need a picture of this. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I'm just thinking about the STI situation where like you're telling me that there's more protection. Uh I'm just like, Okay. So does it go on top of the genitalia or it goes inside? So it's both. So it is, it's basically a tube with a smaller ring at this end and a larger ring at this end. Um, and the smaller ring is inserted and Mm -hmm. then the larger ring just, uh, sits over your vulva. So you completely cut out any transmission from skin to skin contact in that area for the wow. most part as a generalization. Incredible. How long, when, when, when was this? To, to, yeah. When, <laughs> how come nobody's even talking about these now? Come on. Well, there are uh, a few reasons why internal condoms lag in popularity. The first one is that they are more expensive. Um, you know, they're, larger, they Mm -hmm. use about probably two to three times more latex, uh, Mm -hmm. than a traditional condom. 
Um, the second is we are not taught what they are, nor are we taught how to use them. So, you know, for example, um, most American adults have seen a condom protect the vital safety and reproductive needs of a banana. But unless you go Google hunting, uh, you'll probably never receive a tutorial for internal condoms. And, um, you know, it's a bit more intricate. It takes a bit of practice. It takes a bit of finesse to learn how to use them. Okay. So you have to, you have the forethought, right? You have to, I'm going to have sex tonight and I'm going to insert my condom just in case. You can either have the forethought to do that or, Mm -hmm. or you can, you know, take a moment and Mm -hmm. instead of, um, you know, traditionally a cisgendered male partner putting on their condom, you can just shift that time into inserting a female condom. Mm -hmm. Once you get the hang of it, it's almost the same amount of time. Seriously. Mm -hmm. It really, it really is. And the experience uh, typically is just so much better. Mm-hmm. for people. Obviously there are people who, who don't like them, you know, for every product, there's, right. there's a population that it won't work for, but, um, but for the most part, it's, it's just a better sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I would, I would rather take a little bit more time or do something that's a little, maybe not traditional or not like, you know, how we envision, you know, like the Hollywood romantic coming together for a sexual encounter. I would rather do something that's not quite that if on the return, I get an overall better sexual experience. Well, it it makes so much sense, right? Because penetration is exactly that, like the pressure and, mm-hmm. you know, whereas in the past, I mean, condoms is like, eh, you know, and, <laughs> and fortunately, that, like, eh? it led to some bad decisions, bad choices, right? But <laughs> it totally makes sense. Like when you explained it the way you did, it's the, you know, the partner that's penetrating, they're the ones that want to feel that, you know, that pleasure from the pre- penetration and it's a mm-hmm. penetration where it's the pressure. So yeah, it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad we're talking about it today because probably another topic nobody talks about. Where, okay, again, I just go back to where do we find these? How do we learn about them? Mm-hmm. Because I've never heard of this. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so the most recognized FDA approved manufacturer is a company called FC2. And you can get them on Amazon. Uh, but as I said before, they are, um, you know, a high, it, it's a higher cost per unit. Um, however, Is it like $10 a unit? Like what, what are the... I would say it hovers between five and six. That's not which, bad. You know, it's not bad, um, but that's also, you know, not everybody can afford that. And yeah. I totally get that. Um, yeah. And so uh, an alternative is you can go to their website and if you fill out a questionnaire, you connect with a virtual doctor, depending on your care, your insurance carrier, your insurance might cover the cost and they will just mail them to you for free. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're doing great work. They, they are doing the Lord's work. 
They really are. That, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have show notes with links. So you don't have to take notes right now. That's incredible. Uh, when when did they come on the scene? How how old are they? Well, they've been around for decades, but are you uh, kidding me? Oh yeah! <laughs> wow! Oh my wow. god! Okay, I'm all over this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, you know what the um uh what is it? The period cup. You know, diva. The, the diva cup, the diva <laughs> cup, right? When that came on the market, everybody was like, eh, diva cup. Eh. Right. And it, it kind of fell flat and they just keep trying, they keep trying. And, but then once a woman experiences the diva cup, they're like all about the diva cup. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Only a few months ago, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Again, because nobody talks about nobody it. Talks I finally about it. heard about it and I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? It's the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, it is. I am also a fan. (laughs) So we have female condoms, we have lube, and we want to talk about what gets us excited, maybe. Mm -hmm. Ah. You know, women, it's like, uh, help us out. Help us, Heather. (laughs) Okay. So, um, you know, traditionally, uh, one of the ways that we get revved up or maybe the you know, top way uh, in our culture is pornography. Um, And, you know, there are a few interesting things to note about pornography, especially as it relates to women. Um, Traditionally, and again, this is a generalization, women do not pay for porn. And um, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I used to pay for magazines. Then uh, is that you, meaning that I was paying for porn or no? Uh, it means that yes, you were, and okay. you are um, in the minority. Of course, the, I am. Yeah. the amazing, amazing minority. Uh, <laughs> so typical. But traditionally, when most women um, go, you know, searching for porn, they don't want to pay the memberships. They don't want to pay a monthly membership to Pornhub mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any of these other traditional um, porn Why? Why? sites. Well, so the one thing, you know, we have to remember is that, um, you know, pornography is not uh, a philanthropy-based non-profit. <laughs> non-profit. <laughs> I know you guys didn't know that. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so true. Uh, so it is, in fact, a you know massive corporate juggernaut mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. generates two to three billion dollars annually. And uh, there is a company called MindGeek, and MindGeek owns the sites you've heard of, including Pornhub. I would say they probably own anywhere from thirty uh, to forty pornography you know, sites like Pornhub. And their only objective uh, is to meet their customers' wants and needs. And most of their paying customers are men. And so, you know, like, let's say that I, um, you know, decide that, oh, yes, I would I really love to start paying for porn and I get a uh, Pornhub subscription. Most of the content I feel um, is not applicable to me. It's, you know, there's obviously a fair amount that is, but for the majority, it's just, I'm not their demographic. And so if, you know, let's say 
um, an act of God happens and overnight their consumer base becomes female dominated, the entire industry would do a complete 180 to accommodate their new demographic. So what's happening right now in the porn industry, which is very exciting, is that um, you know by subscribing to porn outlets that you find to be more ethical and inclusive, you are actually helping to change the industry. So you know there are a couple of outlets that we can talk about, but you know before I would say ten years ago, no one talked about you know ethical or no. inclusive pornography at all. It was not part of the conversation. N- not at all. I'm I'm thinking about like here in San Francisco. Uh, it's, what, what year are we in? I don't know. There was a big movement of porn to the city here, and the Armory and uh, Kink.com, and it it was it just kind of like changed the whole feel of the city, where there used to be. How do I want to say this? <laughs> There used to be, um, okay, for example, Folsom Street Fair. Mm-hmm. Folsom Street Fair is a huge uh, festival, huge. Mm. Depends on how you see. Yeah, okay, I'm getting into semantics. So <laughs> um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was fun. It was fun to go. Um, and, uh, you could walk around, you know, naked or in your chaps or, you know, women and women, men and men, couples, it didn't matter. There was like, a, like it was free floating, you know, and then uh, online world started kind of ramping up and porn came, you know, porn started ramping up online and kink.com came into the city and like everything changed. Like you could go to a party Mm -hmm. and um it was inviting it was um open it was free it was there was more freedom to be you where when kink came in it everybody was like on their own like they were Mm -hmm. at home watching porn it was just it's like there was something that shifted in the city i could it was you could feel it you could sense it uh yeah, it was such a drag. I just will say that it was a drag. Aww. Yeah, it just changed. It changed the vibe. Like porn changed the vibe of people's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, yeah. And, you know, part of that, I think, is uh, we experienced a similar cultural shift in that, you know, everybody used to go to the movies and now we have Netflix. Yes, um, yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, I think porn, again, a, a for-profit business, um, you know, shifted to that model. Um, and, you know, maybe that's where we always would have ended up anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but we are really privileged to have some creators who have stepped in and stepped up to give us options when we really didn't have any. I think at the same time that kink was like coming up on the scene, there was a woman who jumped into the field where she thought, and I don't know if this ever took off, but it was about quote, normal couples just having sex. Mm-hmm. And that became a thing to watch. 
and it was a subscription based model. Um, I don't know if she's still around. And I was like, people are going to watch that like at home. Why wouldn't you not just go and like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I could never wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that there's other more female centric um, porn sites, I guess. Not a lot though. I don't think. Right. Uh, you know, there are, there are more than you think. Okay, um, good. And we're actually doing a, a deep dive about <gasps> this. And so it's, you know, synchronous, um, but we've perfectly got timed. Oh, perfectly timed. I love the universe. Um, and so we've got, uh, we've got three that we're just kind of loving right now. Um, one is Valesa, and uh, you know, pretty much what they do is they try and celebrate women as subjects of pleasure as opposed to objects of conquest. That's kind of their, you know, um, their mo. There's also Lust Cinema, and uh, Lust is great because they're known for their. Um, I just like type. the way that one sounds. I'm just gonna say, right? <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to be a part of Lust Cinema? Exactly. <laughs> Um, and they're really known for their like diversity and body type and age and gender and, you know, racial identities, uh, which is, you know, fantastic and inclusive and they're, they really, really are good at what they do. And then, um, and this might be, uh, you know, related lane to the woman who you were speaking about a moment ago, there is a company that's been around for a while called Bright Desire, and they focus on real couples everything's about real couples, but they also focus on mutual respect and they focus on, you know, sort of the intimate moments of sex that aren't really, how do I say this, that, that aren't, you know, really put into porn, like, um, you know, laughter during sex, lots of funny things happen during sex and we (laughs) laugh at them. And And, you know, when you're with your partner, those are those moments that are fun and bonding. And so, uh, and so we really like Bright Desire for that. And, you know, pornography is such an interesting topic uh, for me. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I had an ex actually partner um, years ago that was addicted to pornography Mm. and you know, instead of it being something we did together or, you know, it, it was something that kind of created a lot of distance between us because that was used as an outlet. And then I was kind of left to the side. And so that was something that it took me a long time to change the way I thought about pornography, because then I, I was instantly like, no, it's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be a part of a relationship. It shouldn't be something that I look at or do. You know, so can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, you make it sound so like amazing. (laughs) You really do. Right. Like I want to go look up these sites. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Well, you know, um, porn, like everything else, is what we make of it. And so your, um, you know, your experience tomorrow is the experience that a lot of people have where porn is hurtful. It is physically hurtful because, you know, people try and recreate what they, what they see in a scene. 
and they don't know that the you know crew is on take five and they don't see the Costco bottle of lube that is you know being pumped every five seconds. <laughs> so porn can be physically hurtful and then it can also be emotionally hurtful. Um, it, people can also you know mimic uh, how partners in a scene treat each other or they can, um, you know, I want to be careful with my wording because there's nothing wrong with, you know, watching porn on your own, you know, exploring your sexual proclivities and what you may or may not be into on your own. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are several times, um, you know, and tomorrow, unfortunately, I'm so sorry, this has been your experience where it just completely excludes your partner. It's like porn is your thing. And your partner is something else. And they're, you know, at times then can become this really unhealthy balance where where it's it feels like a competition. You're competing with the pornography industry. And so um, that feels horrible, absolutely horrible. So the thing about porn is uh, it's, and this is my personal opinion now, it's not going away. Mm -hmm. We are not going to get rid of the porn industry. Um, so since we're not going to get rid of it, we have to be able to function within our reality. And the way to do that is to change the industry. It is to change how we talk about porn, how we look at porn, who pays for porn, how inclusive are we in porn. Um, and it is possible. There are people out there that are, you know, making, doing their best, excuse me, to make porn um, a positive experience. And that's, I think, really the knowing that we're not going to get rid of the industry. I think that's really the best thing that we can do. I think that's one of the things that we do on the show is we talk about these subjects, right? Porn is not going to go away. The more that we talk about it, the more that we become comfortable with it, uh, the more that we can actually use it to our benefit, mm -hmm. right? A lot of women, it, that's not discussed. It's not a conversation. They're not using it. It's bad, mm -hmm. right? It's what they do to me. <laughs> they've taken it. They've weaponized it. Where I think what you're sharing, Heather, are these sites that are really geared to support a woman in her journey this is like an adventure, like choose your own adventure, right? Like the first time that mm -hmm. I went to, um, the first time that I went to Folsom street fair, I was like, what just happened? Where did I just walk into it? Like, what? you know, this was like a world of freedom. This is what I had been waiting for. You know, it's like, we each come in and nobody talks about this, like how we started the show off. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, sex is this place that as women, as mature women, we let's take ownership of this, mm -hmm. right. Let's explore this with an open mind. Like what does pleasure mean to you? Mm -hmm. Right. Cause for, for me, it's totally different than from Tamar and from Heather. Like we're all, you know, we're so unique on this experience. Right. Um, and I, I want to go back to the lube thing for a second, because like, not all lubes are equal. Oh, no. Right. So again, it's like, 
try things, like experiment. Try things, experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, what people also don't tell you is that, you know, your if you have, you know, latex or whatever barrier method and you have lubrication, there are some lubes that can break down that latex. Mm. And so if you're wearing a condom for, you know, family planning purposes, mm. uh, you know, to avoid an unintended pregnancy, you have to know that too. And I think, you know, ultimately I would say my hope, and especially for women, is that we leverage the knowledge and the um, resources that are available to us and flip it in our favor, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, pretty much um, Lane and Tamara, what you were just saying about these porn sites that I just Mm -hmm. referenced, you know, we're flipping Mm -hmm. the narrative, we're flipping the script Mm -hmm. and we're creating something that works for us within the system. And that's, I think, ultimately what I would really, really love to see. Yeah. Me too. It's like such a, it's like, I don't know, once you have kids or if you're single and you don't have kids, but you're in that, like, it's just like the next phase of your life, right? You're just kind of like, okay, what's next? It's like, mm-hmm. what? let's, let's explore this. Let's explore this world. Like, it's like gaining back when you were a kid that Mm. curiosity. Yeah. I find a lot of the women in my circle now Mm -hmm. are gaining that curiosity back and they're having fun with it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Which I mean, what a gift. (laughs) Such a gift. In many ways. Mm -hmm. Many pleasurable ways. Right. Uh, Very much so. I love hearing that. Uh Heather, what a delight. (laughs) I'm so glad that you uh yeah we're able to spend some time with us and to share about sexology, the sexology files. Uh, people can find you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we follow you. We'll be tagging you in our uh, post. Uh, please, you know, your our listeners in Costa Rica and Canada and Japan, check out what, check out what Heather's doing. Mm-hmm. She's, got a, <laughs> she's got a great post. She's got a, what it's the best kink spots or the best um, sex what was that one post that you? Oh, it's uh, the best sex clubs worldwide. The best sex clubs. Like, <laughs> dude, the Paris one, I was like, I need to go there. So check out what she's doing. <laughs> Heather, thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, you ladies were absolutely lovely. It was a dream. Thank you. Holy bananas. So good. I love Heather. She's like my people. I know. Yeah, I could go and like have breakfast with her and dinner with her and lunch, have her over. I think yeah, I really she's like right up my alley. Yeah. What did you learn? Anything? What'd you learn? Well, I mean, I I learned so much. You know, as I shared my experience with pornography, Mm -hmm. it really. I mean, I have changed the way I look at it, but this Mm -hmm. really just put a lot of stuff into perspective, right? Yeah about again the stuff that we as women don't want to talk about like dryness Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know the female condoms i had no idea and it makes perfect sense yep you know but but again i think it's helping with that freedom around Mm -hmm. express expressing and exploring your sexuality it's okay you do you 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 be you yep (laughs) jinx uh, well, that's another one in the bag. Thanks for hanging out, Tamar. 
Yeah, it was a pleasure, Lane. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.